Time Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin, always in the hot seat, always in the studio. And uh, we have some big announcements before we start the show. Uh, We are doing a fantasy hockey league, and uh, we have some spots still open. Uh, It is Thursday right now, so you will be able to jump into that league. You can go on to the Yahoo Fantasy League and search for Overtime Hockey Talk, talk, yep, and uh, or you can just message us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk, and uh, we'll send you a link, and we can get you in there. Uh, we'd love to have as many of our listeners in the league as possible. Uh, we'll be doing some fun things for the draft, and we'll let you know more details if you are interested in joining the league. Uh, you know, some opportunities to have some fun with it, and just not be your normal. Just like I'm going to go online and just pick my team and call it a day. Uh, we want to do some things throughout the year and and with the draft, and so. Uh, some some fun things that uh, will make our fantasy experience a little more lively, we'll say. There so. you go. Well, with that said, we, of course, have been going through all the divisions and ranking them from you know each, each division, ranking all the teams. Uh, we have done the Atlantic. We have done the Pacific and the, uh, and the Central. And we are doing the Metropolitan today. So when it comes to the Metropolitan, uh, what's one word that you would use to describe this division? Ooh, um, you just threw that out, Adam. Yeah, he had you did. no preparation for that question. Well, I would have to say um, flimsy. I think there's mm. just some shaky ground where some teams could really explode and go to the top, where others can just fall off real quick. Now, five of these teams made the playoffs last year. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen again. I think it's going to be another four and four situation. Myself. Okay. Um, but. You know, the teams that did make the playoffs, maybe, you know, one or two of them could could fall out. A couple from the bottom could jump back in to the mix. So we'll see. Just just to get a picture of how much better this division is top to bottom or was from last year compared to the Atlantic division, the other Eastern Conference division, the Rangers who finished last in the Metro with 77 points would have been the fourth worst team in, would have been fifth yeah. in the Atlantic uh, the Red Wings were fifth with 73 points. So they blew away everyone else in that division. So even though the Rangers were the worst in that division, definitely not the worst even in the Eastern Conference, fifth worst in the Eastern Conference last in their division. So uh, this division, I, I, I'd i say flimsy kind of describes to me the Atlantic where you've got really top-heavy, bottom is really shaky, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the Metro... I can see a scenario where the New York Islanders shock everyone and they make a push for the playoffs. Wow, okay. I can see a scenario where the New York Rangers get incredible goaltending from Henrik Lundqvist and find a way to compete for the playoffs, even though they're, uh, the team management probably wouldn't be thrilled like about that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, do I think that that's where they'll finish? No, probably not. But, I mean, you look at... You go Carolina, New Jersey, Columbus, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington. That's backwards order from the rest of that division from last year. Mm-hmm. All those teams could be playoff teams. Yeah. And, I, and legitimately, not like, oh, I need to dream up some crazy scenario. I think that it's possible that all those teams eventually end up in the playoffs. Uh, I do think that, much like we talked about last show, where there's some tiers in the divisions, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your top teams, your middle teams. I, I, don't think that this division is quite as top heavy in that tier. I think you've got up to five teams in that top tier, and then you've got one or two in the next one, and then you you bottom out. So yeah, I think the bottom teams in this in this division are a lot closer to the middle tier, if you want to call it that. Than that's fair. Most other divisions. Yeah, that's fair, especially because of either goaltending or just high end players right. that they they have in their lineup. So. With that said, let's do our Metro Division rankings. So All right. let's go with number four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to start with number eight, <laughs> Thank as you. we usually do. And uh, Justin, go ahead. Go okay. first. Your number eight. Um, the New York Islanders. Okay. Lost John Tavares. Yeah. But brought in, you know, Leo Komarov. Yeah, Valtteri Filippo. Valtteri Filippo. <laughs> Oh, that man. That is Lou Lamarillo. That is us laughing. Yeah. Because you said that it wasn't a big deal that you lost John Tavares. It's going to be. And a, not outside of that, too, I think it kind of has a 
it has like a snowball effect. I feel like it's going to be on the rest of this team. Um, for me, the the big thing was, you know, Jordan Eberle. I think you know, is he going to stick with Barzell now that Barzell's got to take that top center line minutes, um, or are they going to put Anders Lee, Josh Bailey up with him? I honestly think that maybe we're going to find out that a couple of these guys can't produce as well because Tavares isn't there anymore. Um, whereas you might see a guy like Barzell who, you know, got 80 plus points last year. Maybe he comes back down closer to 70 because again, he isn't sheltered in those second line minutes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I know. I'm going to say for Matthew Barzell that he still has a great season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't, like, I still I don't think, think that he was points. sheltered. I, you know, I think teams played good players against him sure. and, and that, that was that. Uh, I do, when I look at the rest of this lineup and I go, okay, you know, how good is a uh, Josh Bailey? How good is Anders Lee and Brock Nelson, Jordan Eberle without a guy like John Tavares to take a lot of that heat away? You know, it is Anders Lee had what? 30 goals last year. Close to it. Um, um, 40 goals. 40 goals. Well, there you go. And 34 the year before. Yeah, there you go. So, I mean, you had a guy like Matt Martin back in the lineup. I mean, Matt Martin couldn't even make the Leafs lineup yeah, he'll be a by the end guy. of the year. Uh, Leo Komarov, Valtteri Filppula, Tom Kunakl, all coming in from different teams as free agents, kind of making up that fourth line. It doesn't really do much for me. And, I mean, I think this team will have a good penalty kill. Yeah. And they're going to have to if they're going to play Matt Martin on a regular basis. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing for me with this team is um, guys like Jordan Everly and Anders Lee, no contract extension yet. Both these guys, unrestricted free agents after the season, you know, and you got guys that can score goals. Like like I said, Anders Lee, 40 goals last year. Everly, he's he's capable of putting up 30 goals. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know, if they bottom out, if they don't come out of the gate firing and they're not doing well, those guys could say, hey, I'm not resigning, and then they're off at the deadline. Yeah. I, I also, I think that this team has so much money available that sure. they're going to make sure that they lock up the rest of the guys that they Overpay have. Overpay a little bit? Maybe, maybe not have to overpay, but they're going to give them the years that they're going to want to stay. So, well, yeah, we'll, we'll see what... Well, I think this team is going to be in on some big free agent uh maybe Bobrovsky Ooh, you, Lou Lamarillo in the past has gone hard after goaltenders and we really haven't seen it yet on the island he did bring in Robert Leonard which well, we talked about a little bit on the last show where he, he very bravely came out talked about his him have being bipolar and how that really affected his his play and his family life and so uh I think we underrate how important it is to have a healthy family family life and personal life and how that reflects onto the ice. And so yeah. we're, he was quite bad last year. Uh, and now we have an idea as to why. Yeah. Uh, and I think more than anything with goaltenders than any other position, mental health is so important. That, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. You don't get to maybe where at a forward position, you can take out some aggression mm-hmm. on people, which, which in some cases can be unhealthy in some cases can be healthy. Sure. You know, there's uh Nothing wrong with throwing your body around a little bit to uh, right. <laughs> to kind of burn through some of that steam, and that and that happens. Not that you know, not that that's a cure to, to having depression or bipolar. Right, but, right, right. But there are some things that you can burn off some steam on. Goaltending position may not be that position to do that. Uh, I think this team will be hard to play against. Sure. Yeah, I still think they'll score goals too. I mean, there's no doubt about that. They were one of the top scoring teams in the league last year. So, um, yeah, I just I just think this team has maybe the worst defense in this division. Yeah, outside I, of New Jersey, I, think New I Jersey honestly might put put the Islanders worse. Yeah, yeah. to be quite honest, they're, um, they're both right there. Yeah, but bigger question for me is, you know, is Leonard gonna you know get back to form? Is he gonna be able to you know reel in the starting job or? Or are they going to kind of like have to look for Babarowski or something at some point to maybe bring him in long term? But uh, that's the big question mark, and that's why I have them down at the bottom of the league too. Yeah, and now if Andrew Ladd can come and have a, uh, a oh, more he's got reasonable season, yeah. let's say he gets fifty points, if Barzell continues to dominate, if everyone plays the way that they played with Tavares, just without him, yeah, this team could be okay. Sure, um, and they could, but I, I still don't see this team as a playoff team unless. Thomas Grice is unreal, or Robin Lehner finds that form that everyone thought he was capable of about three years ago when Buffalo originally brought him in. Uh, if if they get fantastic goaltending, they've got a chance. 
but that's to me really it's the only way. Is. Or they're just going to have to beat you into submission. Right. Yeah. And so Matt Martin needs to play 15 to 17 <laughs> minutes a game to do oh, that. Goodness. Yeah. So who do you got at number eight then? Uh, well, okay. So my, my number eight is the New York Rangers, and okay. then I go New York Islanders. So yeah. to me, these these are the two teams in that bottom tier. I agree. Rangers, I have them at number seven. So Yeah. And could the Rangers finish higher? Yes. Uh, but I think they're going to be trying to be bad. I think that that's okay. pretty clear with the letter they sent out to their fans. Like, hey, guys, just so you know, we're going to try to suck for a minute. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, do I like Zabinajad? Sure. He's, he's a solid player. Chris Kreider, decent player. Matt Zuccarello can get the job done. I, I don't hate what they have if they had a totally different top line. Yeah, they have a whole bunch of second line guys. Yeah, which has worked out. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's exactly what we said essentially about Vegas. Sure. Uh, but I, I, I think I the team is better. But third line guys, but... But hey, when you go Brady Shea, Kevin Shattenkirk, that's not a bad top pairing. No, you not You can split those guys up. Mark Stahl is pretty bad, but I, I think you can maybe make up for some of his mistakes with a couple guys that can skate. Adam McQuaid, is there a place still for him in the NHL? I don't He's know. He's still okay in a number six spot. I feel like he could be okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not on this team, but in a team with a little bit more defensive depth, probably. Yeah, and can uh, Anthony D'Angelo find his way onto the roster and yeah, into the Brendan Smith, there's another name. I mean, sure, they're yeah. still paying him $4 million. Can he come back up and you know take a spot on this top six? I don't know. I mean, Matt Bolesky's also in camp right now. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's some players who could find their way into the lineup, but that, you know... What does it mean in the end for uh, for the Rangers? It probably means that anybody that is a free agent, like Matt Zuccarello, free agent at the end of this year, uh, does he get moved? Uh, Kevin Hayes is a free agent at the end of the year. Does he go somewhere? Adam McQuaid, also a free agent. So I think this is a team you will see them make some moves. Mm-hmm. Chris Kreider only has one year left on his deal after this year. Do you maybe see them make an early step to deal him? Uh, I think this team is trying to get younger. So it's just a matter of time before they start dealing some guys, and we'll find out who they deem as somebody who they want to be around for long term. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, outside of Zuc- or Zabinajad, nobody in their forward group right now is signed. I mean, besides the entry level, couple entry level guys, nobody's really signed beyond this season or next season. Yep. So. Yep. Well, and and I mean, Elias Anderson. He should be a nice piece. He's on their fourth, you know, he's kind of their fourth center right now. But yeah. he'll he'll be a guy who they'll hope will be able to move up into the lineup, uh, at least into that top nine. So I mean, this team has some interesting pieces, uh, but I think that overall, this team will be when we do some watchability rankings, mm-hmm. they will not be near the top. No, where <laughs> they're not that they're they're interesting in terms of you know, hey, where what's this team going to play like? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, uh, but there's really not a lot of interesting lineup battles. You know, there's position battles, and we know who the top goaltender is. It's going to be Lungfist. Uh, he's signed for another two years after this season, so he'll be around forever. Uh, can their backup goaltending get the job done? That's a, another question with uh, Alexander Georgiev. Yeah, they don't even really know who the the backup goaltender is because they brought in another guy, uh, Merrick Mazinek. And Dustin Tokarski. Yeah, so you got you got some guys who could potentially be a backup, but um, nobody solidified that position yet. So we'll see what's going to go on. Yeah, and I think their hope is that Olaf Lindbom, who they drafted in this last draft in the second round, can mm-hmm. become somebody. But you know, when you draft a goalie one year, you're not expecting them to even come close to making the NHL for three, four, five years sometimes. Yeah, goaltenders are hard. That's I mean, they're it, hard to hard to yeah draft. hard to figure out for sure. Okay, so there's your there's your bottom two, uh, New York, New York. Your number six, sir. Yeah, um, doesn't get much better for um, that Manhattan area because I got the Devils. As do I. Okay. As do I. Yes, I think the Devils will take a step back from last year. I agree. Uh, losing defensemen. Uh, what defensemen did they lose? I'm blanking now. John Moore. John Moore. Yep. Uh, I think that hurts them. And uh, I mean, Sammy Vatnin, solid guy. Will Butcher hopefully uh, doesn't have a a Jimmy VC style second year. No, I don't think so. And uh, he continues to grow. But outside of that, I mean, the Severson. Uh, Mirko Mueller could be okay. Got him from San Jose. 
But, man, there's just not a whole lot here defensively. Eric Griba, Ben Lovejoy also can fill out that top six, but just don't like their defense. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's okay. I mean, it's not as bad as when you look at other teams in the East, like you know Detroit's or Ottawa's, for example. Um, I think they have some some decent pieces. Ottawa's Eric Car- Oh. Oh. <laughs> Dylan DeMello. Whoops. Yeah, they got Dylan DeMello. Um The bigger question mark for me and why I don't have this team getting back in the playoffs is they relied way too much on Taylor Hall. Does he have another 90-plus point season and basically carry that whole entire team on his back like he did down the stretch? Um, I do think Nico Heischer is going to get better. Jesper Bratt, Pavel Zaka, these guys can all improve. Marcus Johansson, I think he will rebound a little bit and come a little bit more into form. But I I think you know maybe Taylor Hall gets back closer to 80 points. Uh, Which would still be a oh, great season. Yeah. You know, I mean, the difference would he have 94 or yeah, yeah, something like that. But I mean, either way, I, I just don't think I, I don't think there's enough depth compared to the rest of the teams above them on the forward position. And then to me, another big question mark is goaltending. Sure. Um, Schneider's out right now. Yeah, he's hurt. You know, Keith Kincaid, he, he was OK, but is he, he ready? He to had take? that nice little stretch. Yeah. And didn't they they started him? For the playoffs. They did, yeah. And uh, that, that quickly went away. Yeah, so there's still question marks on goal, you know, what's what's going to happen with both Corey and Keith. So, um, and, and to me, I think that the, you know, Taylor Hall, let's let's say he comes, he's, he's going to come back down. I mean, that 94-point sure. season was unbelievable for him. He was he was on fire. It was like towards the end of the year, the last 20 games, it was like he was, you know. <laughs> every game. I wasn't necessarily watching every Devils game. I think he had like 17 straight games where he scored. Yes. It was ridiculous. So... To me, where you can make up those points is he sure takes a step. Zaka takes a step. Jesper Bratt, I wonder if if he comes back down a little bit. I, I'm not sure. Uh, if Marcus Johansson, who they got in that trade with Washington, and really I think he was he was only played 29 games last year. So can you get 70 to 80 games out of Marcus Johansson? Right. And that, to me, is where you can make up the difference in those points. Uh, not to mention, I mean, Kyle Palmieri only played 62 games. Uh, Zajac only played 63. Brian Boyle played 69, so you've got him healthy all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this team looks healthier from a forward position. I just don't know if defensively, if they can stick with the rest of the, the guys. Plus, you're right, the goaltending is a big question mark. Yep. Pencil Eddie Lack's name in for the Vesna right now at third stringer. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. And uh, or Mackenzie Blackwood. Okay. Uh, okay. So at number five, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. Ooh. Number four, I have the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay. Well, I have just the opposite. Five Columbus, four the Hurricanes. Okay. Okay. So you said in our previous Central show, you said, or uh, yeah, you said that you thought that in all these divisions that it was going to be four and four all throughout mm-hmm. the league, that, that maybe there was a little more balance this year. So in that case, then you have the Columbus Blue Jackets missing the playoffs. I do. So my assumption is then you believe that Bobrovsky and Panarin are both going to get dealt? I do. I Bob absolutely Red? believe that. Yep. The bread man, gone. Okay, both bread so men. let's start here. Let's say what will the Blue Jackets get in return for Panarin? Ooh. Okay, so I think, honestly, Eric Carlson is a good place to start with when you look at what you're going to get in return. I don't think, obviously, they're going to get as big of a package, but when you're looking at a guy who can change the face of your franchise or really be that superstar Top talent, 15 player in the league. Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I think you're going to get something close. I think it's going to take a couple draft picks, one roster player and when i say roster player a guy who could potentially be in your top nine top six um and then a prospect i think that's what it's going to take and i think both draft picks that you get in return if you're columbus are probably going to be conditional on you know you get a first you know it's a two seconds and maybe one of them turns into a first round if they resign or if they make the playoffs who knows but to me that's i think a good starting point for a package for a guy like panarin yeah and the problem is going to be that if if they, which they've already said, we're we're not dealing him right now. Right, um, Columbus has to be all in. No, absolutely. And they they've also come out and said too that if they if they know they're not going to get him signed, they're dealing him. Like they're not losing out like they did with Tavares and the Island. So, yeah, but to me, that's such a different situation because the Islanders weren't that good. 
Right. Whereas, let's say the Columbus Blue Jackets are in first place in their division. You really think they're going to trade Panarin? I do. And their GMs come out and he said it. He, I, yeah, but, but but it's very easy to say that. Yeah. It's very easy to say that when right now you look like a a middle of the road to that like high end middle road team. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest here. Columbus beats Washington in the playoffs, which. They were close. Washington to got it. a little lucky. A lot of overtime They were able games. to beat them. Yeah. So let's say Columbus beats them. Columbus could win the cup. They very well. I mean, could. They were that good. Yeah. I and mean, that top pairing of Wierenski and Seth Jones is mad. That just yeah. is maybe the best actual individual pairing in the NHL. So yeah, you could make an argument for that, and I won't disagree with it. It's tough to look at this team and say you're going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's be- tough because, like for instance, Seth Jones. Yeah, you to me, said it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's tough. It, it really is tough because I think Seth Jones is going to be that guy this year that takes that next step where you think of him as an Eric Carlson, a Drew Doughty, a franchise type defenseman where he's just well. I he's think he's there. Good. I think he's there. Already. I think he takes another step. So honestly. you think that he is top three for Norris? He, he potentially Top to me five, could like get in that. So discussion. you're saying that Seth Jones gets even better. Yes. L- Wierenski stays the same or gets a little better, and this team still is going to miss the playoffs. Yes, because I think in a in a division that is pretty mediocre. Yeah, I, because I think those top three teams. Um, you know, that we haven't talked about yet are all still going to be really, really close. So you could potentially sneak in if you're, you know, a Carolina, uh, Columbus. But the difference to me is ha- they're going to have to deal Panarin and Bobrovsky. And when you lose those two guys, it's because, for one, um, in goaltending, they don't have anybody to play goaltending. Um, no, that is you know, true. behind them. And then when you lose a, a, an 80-point player and they're not going to get anybody close to his talent in return, so... It's going to be very, very difficult for them to... Maybe they can get Ottawa's 2020 pick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's going to be very difficult for them to keep the ship afloat uh, those last 20, 30 games, I feel like. And that's where they're going to start to... They're going to be a bubble team, but then they're going to eventually just sort of fall off the edge a little bit when they deal those guys. Now, I would agree. If they trade both those guys, Mm -hmm. this team will fall outside the playoffs. Uh, However... However... Now, it is becoming apparent now, you know, since he said, Panarin said, I want to live by the water. So, okay, well, that's not Columbus. What are you going to do when you're, you know, there's nothing you can do about the location that your team's located in. Uh, to me, Bobrovsky resigns. They're going to okay. find a way to get that done. He would seem more likely to me out of the two, I feel like. I mean, he's really, he was, Columbus was the team that believed in him to the, in the beginning. Remember, Philadelphia had Bobrovsky and they dealt him for nothing. Yeah, they did. And so, to me, he resigns if Panarin doesn't. But, hey, let's say this team's in first place. Is Panarin really going to go, eh, this team's really good, but I want to be somewhere else? Let's say they're first place in the league. Yeah. Does he still say, no, don't want to sign here? Or does he change his tune? If suddenly this team, it's like, wow, the guys around me are really good. Well, I'm not going to get a better situation for playing. I'm, I may not disagree that he might not be able to find a better situation if he goes and tests free agency. The only question mark for me um, is Columbus willing to give him the money because while I don't think maybe he's worth $12 million, um, I think he's he's definitely going to cost you probably $11 million. That's probably true. He's going to definitely be at least 10, 10 to 11. Yeah, especially yeah. if he's top 15 and I think Columbus... Top 15 winger, yeah. Yeah, Columbus doesn't want to spend the money, especially because he's not a center. That makes it even harder to make an argument to say, hey, let's spend that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at, two; they've got a bunch of younger players um, that really don't need big contracts coming up. So, you know, maybe the only the only big person really coming up is Zach Wierenski, who's going to need a big contract that's going to cost them a ton of money. Um, so does Columbus want to, you know, spend money on both Bobrovsky, Panarin, and Wierenski? They don't have the money to do it. Yeah. So people got to go. Um, and honestly, I think Columbus would be okay dealing somebody if they can get Panarin in at around nine. But million. if you're first place, you can't deal those guys. I know you can't. You you but can't <laughs> like. If you do, you are telling your fan base that we don't really care about winning the Stanley Cup. We just want to be mediocre. No, I, I that is it. truly what it is saying. I I 
I don't necessarily completely agree with that, but I do agree in the sense that you're telling your fan base we're giving up on our playoff run, basically, at that point, when you deal him. Yeah, I mean, um, what they would say is, you know, we think that we can win the Cup without Panarin, which right. is false. Yeah, absolutely. But I agree in the sense that, like Toronto did last year, when just, we're keeping JVR because he's our deadline acquisition. I like that idea of it, Yeah, but... I don't think you want to lose him for nothing. And it's very, very difficult uh, to explain that to management and the owner upstairs when well, you they want to win now. I mean, you have to, you say to your owner, I mean, you'd have to say, look, do you want to win the Stanley Cup? Do you want to have a shot at it? Or do yeah. we just want to be mediocre? Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's, uh, if they trade him, then to me, that says the ownership is saying we would rather just be, we would rather play the long game than go for it, which at some point you have to go for it. Sure. And this team has not really ever gone for it, and they've been a team for 20 years. Yeah, they don't have a, a ton of younger guys coming up. So, um, yeah, I think I think you got to go for it if you're Columbus, but I, I just I don't think they, they hang on to them. So. Okay. Uh, Carolina, you have them at four, so you have them making the playoffs. I have them just missing the playoffs for pretty much this, the other... You know, I have Columbus making it into the playoffs. I think that... Uh, the three teams ahead of them, I think there's a lot of turmoil. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say that it, there's going to be a lot of like, when are you resigning? Are you going to leave? Are you going to And it's going to distract this team a little bit. Okay. I still think they're fantastic. So I do have them. They'll still be a wild card team. I think this team will flirt with being tops in the division. I see them all hovering around similar point totals to what they did. I mean, one through four was eight points apart. Uh, so I, I think that you'll see something similar this year. But to me... Uh, when it comes to Carolina, this team did take some steps forward, but there's just not enough there at the forward position for me to say that this team could jump Columbus. Okay. Even I, if Columbus loses Panarin, I still don't think wow. that Carolina is better than Columbus. Now, I will in the sense that I think Carolina's center position is a little less, I mean, is not as strong as... Very yeah. weak. Yeah, is is weak compared to Columbus's, but I think on the wing is where you, where I think Carolina can keep up no problem with Columbus. Um, I think Andrei Sveshnikov is going to surprise a lot of people. I think he and Zadina are my two top uh, Calder trophies right now. Yeah, uh, and, and I do like Martin Nikas uh, <laughs> in that third line position. He for Carolina, yeah. I think that he he could come up, he could play in their top six, and uh, he went from. Two years ago, he's 137 pounds, five foot seven. Wow! Now he's 189 pounds and six foot two. Dang, that's crazy. And uh, I, I was reading a, a, a guy, you know, a trainer that he worked with, and put on legitimately 53 pounds of muscle in two years, which that's is so good, incredible. Uh, of course, that's that time, you know, from 17 to 19, where your body can potentially change quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think it said he went from a 155 pound squat to a 285 pound squat, uh, which is pretty solid. So uh, to me, he's a guy who could, uh, he, he's going to make their, their lineup, their opening day lineup. And so we'll see yeah. if uh, Nikas can really change some uh, Carolina's center depth. Yeah, so. I agree. I, but again, another interesting piece, Aho isn't going to take 20 games to score a goal. Um, you know, he took forever to get going. I think Tara Vinan is going to be just fantastic again this year. But the other big difference to me is on defense. Dougie Hamilton is going to be fantastic for this I team. Would, I, I would, I'll buy that. And su- top 10 defenseman in the league. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. And, and on as well. Yeah. And surpri- surprisingly, I think Peter Morazic is going to kick Scott Darling as much love as I had for Darling last year, preseason. I think you had a lot of love. I did. I you really thought he was going to come in there and do well. Hasn't worked out well, but I think Peter Morazic, this is like his last shot at a starting job, at even maybe even an NHL job before he's got to go over to Europe. And he's going to come in there, and he's looked good preseason. I, management's been saying a lot of good things. I think he comes in, steals the starter job from Darling, and has taken 40, 50-ish games this year. Okay. Uh, also, Victor Rask, is uh, he had hand surgery, so he's yes. out indefinitely. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with him. And he certainly, he is an important piece, even though he had a down year last year. Yes. Uh, to fill out that top nine, he would be a very important piece. So depending on how long he misses as well. Uh, I do believe this team has taken a step forward. Where you look at 
last year's standings and you go, all right, Carolina was 14 points behind the Devils for that playoff spot. I mean, that is a, that's a pretty big jump from four to five. I think you'll see all those teams come a little closer. Uh, I think they're in the race a lot longer than they were last year. But ultimately, I, I still don't think that they're quite there yet. New head coach. Uh, we'll see what Rod Bindemore brings to the table. I think he'll be a they'll be a tougher team to play against. That was kind of the vibe I always got from Carolina was yeah. like, this is a really like, this is a boys game, not a man's game when yeah, you're playing true. Carolina. So I think that uh, they'll, they'll change the tune in that way. And they should have some more scoring up front. Goaltending is going to be their Achilles heel. I mean, Mrazic might steal the job, but that's just because Scott Darling can't hold <laughs> the job. <laughs> uh, I'd say that this team needs a uh, a much better goaltender yeah in order to make the playoffs so. yeah i think they'll get a consistent morazic which is what will vault them into the playoffs all right uh let's go to the we'll we'll do the one two three well yeah we'll do the one two three okay. uh who's go one two three one two three okay um you know what i'm gonna go backwards i'm gonna number three okay. i got pittsburgh penguins all right number two washington capitals and okay. number one philadelphia flyers so i'm pretty similar i've okay. got the washington capitals at three penguins at two and the flyers at wow. one so we right. both have the flyers winning this division yeah surprisingly the first time that they win this division in a long time i think yeah so uh the penguins at three that would be a a, a slight drop off what uh, what makes you think that they're gonna take another step back? Maybe uh, defense. Honestly, um, okay. Chris Letang is he's still serviceable, but he's so injury prone. Um, what he, I don't know exactly what I'm gonna get out of him. Um, I Justin Schultz fine. Can, can I just jump in here and Please? say Chris Letang missed three games last year. So I mean, if he's yeah. injury prone, well, then he, that's the the few the seasons before that too. The year before he had like a blood clot. I know, I know. I'm what just, are you gonna do about that? <laughs> It's not like he has rickety bones or anything. No, no, he's not like a Darren. Hel- he, he's not like a Darren Helm who was out for like just consistent amount of time. But uh, that's yeah. But I mean, when you look outside of Latang and Schultz, right? You go back down the lineup. Um, they're hoping that Jamie Oles- Olesiak, you know, has a Big good year. Monster six seven two yeah. fifty. Yeah, they're trying to be whispers of defensemen that were Darian cast aside. <laughs> Right, and then the big contract to Jack Johnson, which I'm still scratching my head about. I don't think Jack Johnson is... I mean, I'm happy for him because of what his parents did to him. I'm glad he's getting paid. But I don't think he's anything better than a 5'6 defenseman on any team in the league. Well, basically, you traded Connor Sheary for Jack Johnson. Yeah, you right? really did. That's, that's you pretty... removed the cap so you could sign this guy. Sure. Um, uh, they also... Chad Ruedel, uh Olimata is a question mark on defense. Yeah, I mean, Olimata two, three years ago was looking like he would, especially in the playoffs was looking pretty good. And that's why they went down with all those injuries and he has not showed up. Does he come to camp? Does he start the season a little better? Uh, It looks like they have him paired with Jack Johnson. So two interesting projects kind of paired together. Interesting. We'll see what, uh, what happens there. But uh, my other question for Pittsburgh, who I do have second uh, is Matt Murray. Okay. He did struggle. At times last year, yeah, was injured too a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, only played forty five games. Uh, really has never played. Yeah, I, don't think, I think that's still the most games that he ever played in a year. Wow. Forty five, right in the regular season at least. Yeah, I think so. So if Matt Murray can play sixty games, I feel a lot better about this team than if Matt Murray plays forty to forty five games. Uh, I'd be worried because Tristan Jari is Chris, Tristan Jari. Uh, fortunately, they don't have. Anti Niemi at his absolute <laughs> god awful worst. So, uh, who might not have a bad year in Montreal? No, yeah, no, he he looks pretty decent, but uh, yeah, I think that those are my question marks in terms of forward depth. I mean, you get a full year of Derek Broussard. I mean, that's that's key to me. If 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 we just pull back and we go, okay, they get a full year of Derek Broussard. Yeah, they don't have Connor Sheary, but I will take Derek Broussard over Connor Sheary. Uh, that third line center spot is finally filled. Remember all the question marks we had last year going into the season, they hadn't even acquired uh, Riley Sheehan yet. Right. So now you're wondering, I mean, now you solidify that fourth line spot for Sheehan where I think he's best suited. And then he's still capable if you need him to slide up to that third spot. Yep. If injury happens. Yep. And Matt Cullen's back there on the fourth line too, which I would rather just put Sheehan on the wing to be quite honest and let Cullen 
uh, run that fourth center, but that's and that, me. And so. that, yep, and that's something that could happen too. Uh, Matt Cullen, another guy, can move up into the third, fourth, sure. third line. Um, and also, Matt Cullen wins the Stanley Cup every time he's on Pittsburgh <laughs> since 2016. That's very true. So hey, that's yep. just a fun Super stat for true. you. Uh, I mean, hey, can can Phil Kessel have a bounce back year after a bounce back? <laughs> I, that was an article out there somewhere. Oh. It was, can he have a bounce back year? And did you he see? set career highs. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, I think you did asinine. actually tweet that to me. That's just um, asinine. Did you see the interview, though, they had when they first got back to training camp? And they're like, so, Phil, what you been doing this summer? And he's just like, same old shit. Yes. It's just yes. hilarious. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Carl Haglin is a free agent at the end of this year. So is Derek Broussard. And so is Riley Sheehan. So that'll be an interesting thing for Pittsburgh moving forward. Mm-hmm. But because of where this team will be in the standings, I don't think they entertain moving those guys at all. No. So I, I think that they saw Broussard as somewhat of a rental. He wasn't maybe going to be a long-term solution. But if he has a decent year and he's willing to sign for something pretty similar to what he got, yeah. uh, then I, I think that he could also be back. Yeah, I think most of those guys, too, probably don't want to leave Pittsburgh because they they got sure. a good situation. I mean, sure. why would you want to leave a team that's a Stanley Cup contender every year? I, I would like to see a better year out of Brian Rust. I think that that's a, uh, you know, something that it seemed like maybe he would be a bigger producer in yeah, the end. They paid him this year, too, to... Uh, yep. You know, yep. they could have kept Sheary and moved Rust out, but instead they did just the opposite. They chose him. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I do think that Chris Letang is better than you're giving him credit for. Okay, but fair we enough. Will, uh, we will find out. So, okay, so I had Pittsburgh at, at uh, two. two. I have Washington at three. Yep. My, my reason for having Washington at three, um, I think it's possible that this these top three teams could flip all over the place. Absolutely. And Columbus could be in this group, too, uh, if, if they don't deal everyone away. Really, Washington didn't do a whole lot to this this roster. It's basically the same. They were able Pretty to much. re-sign John Carlson, and uh, they re-signed Tom Wilson to a stupid Brooks deal, Orpic. and <laughs> they brought back Brooks Orpic to a minimal deal, and uh, they they bring in Nick Dowd to center that fourth line. Ooh. Where, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on their fourth previous fourth Eric line? Fair? No, no, no. He signed in Vancouver. I know he was their fourth line center though last year. I'm um, thinking of. Uh, Guys that signed in Vancouver. Dang it. It's okay. We'll look it up. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Washington, to me, is basically the same team. Jason Tremere. Tremere. Yes, yeah, there you go. Thank you. They are going to be very similar, yet I think they're going to have a slow start again, and that is what's going to keep them in that third spot. Okay. Uh, I think that Braden Holby will be much better than he was last year. And I also have, I mean, is there... Backup goalie going to be Ilya Samsonov? Is it going to be Phoenix Copley, who I have no idea who he is, to be honest. He was traded from St. Louis and the, at the trade deadline last yeah, year. Yeah, so. it's, it's going to be Samsonov. But. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, and that backup position was very important for Washington last year. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, I think that Samsonov, well, he could end up being a decent goalie. I believe he was taken in the first round. Uh, yeah, he was yeah, a high draft second, twenty second overall. Uh, I I think that he's. I don't think he's in the place where Grubauer was at. So I think you will see a regression in terms of that those points that you acquire from a backup goalie, and that can that can make up a couple spots in the standings. And so to me, that's one of the bigger reasons why I don't have them up a little higher. Uh, also, I think Matt Niskanen slowing down. He'll be thirty two this year. Uh, does he kind of get to the point where he's he ends up being on that bottom pairing? Uh, I think that'll that'll be a question mark too. This team is really going. Dang it! If we could only have Nick Schultz, <laughs> yeah. they lost in the expansion draft. So yeah, um, to me, the only reason I think I put them above Pittsburgh um, in this division was basically because. Um, while most people might think they're going to have a stand like a hangover, you know, that backup goaltending position, I don't think the backup thing is going to be such a hindrance like some people might think. I think for me, it was about guys who stepped up in the playoffs, and I think they continue to take the next steps. I think like a Jacob Verana, uh, Devontae Smith Pelly, Brett Connolly, these guys, you know, uh, Andre Barakowski, I think these guys continue to grow they get a little bit better than they were in the regular season last year i know jacob Verona only had something like 26 points um i expect more out of him this season so we'll see how that works out hopefully 
Tom Wilson will not give away half of his paychecks to the league. Yes, that's so. true. The league and charity. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Evgeny uh, Kuznetsov, I think we're honestly talking about a potential hard candidate. I think we're going to look at maybe, mm. um, you know, in terms of points, I think we're going to see a top 10 centerman in the league. Okay. I don't know about the heart trophy, but okay. All right. Uh, yeah. To me, I I don't see this team starting out the gate like they did last year. Yeah. You know, Ovechkin was seven crazy goals in the beginning. And, and so I I just, my, my thought too is you've won the cup now. You yeah. know what it takes. You, you don't really care about where you finish in the standings now. You just want to win. So they're going to do what they need to do to get into the playoffs and, then we'll see what happens uh, from there. But, yes, uh, so let's move on to the Philadelphia Flyers, who we both have winning this division, which would be a uh, a two, two-team two jump. They jumped the Capitals and the Penguins to win this division. And what was your reasoning for having the Flyers winning the division? Um, they got a lot of young talent on this team that I think are going to make the next step. And even more so than Washington's younger guys like Verona, I think you got – you know, Travis Konechny, uh, Shane Gostisfier, Provorov, these guys who I think are just ready to make the next steps into stardom. Um, I think that's that's honestly going to be the big key for me. And not only that, too, but um, Michael Norverth hurt already. Not surprised. So he's down. I think you're going to see the emergence of a guy named Carter Hart. Who okay. I oh. think is ready to take think over. Carter Hart's going to come in and take over and I be do. that Connor Hellebuck kind of guy. Yep. Surprises and takes his team near the top. Absolutely. And I, I think this team probably has one of the best defensive cores in this division. Um, now, I don't think they have the best defensive pair because clearly I, I think Columbus has got that one locked up. But I think when you look at their top six, I think. Andrew McDonald is a fine number four, number five defenseman. But younger guys, like I said, Provorov, Gostasphere, uh, Robert Hogg, Travis Sanheim, I think these guys are much better than people give them credit for. And I think ultimately it, it looks better than Pittsburgh's defense, in my opinion. It looks better than Washington's whole entire top six defense. So we'll see how they do. Um, they Ivan Provorov's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Gossespierre took a little step back last year, and so you'd like to see him kind of come back into that uh, more upper echelon of offensive defensemen. Right. I think that a lot of teams knew what he was going to bring. I mean, 65 points from last year is not so bad. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, Points-wise, I mean, on the power play, it was great, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think that five-on-five, five, you'd like to see him be a little bit better. Uh, also, how much of that is playing with Provorov? Oh, sure, yeah, uh, absolutely. Who is a defensive stud? So, yeah, I mean, I I certainly, the the defense is great. My biggest question mark is the goaltending. And if Carter Hart can come up, great. I think it's the one thing that if this team is going to finish first, it's the one thing that needs to fall in place. It could also all fall apart real quick. This team could be, I I think no matter what, even if they get pretty average to under average goaltending mm-hmm. this team should still squeak into that last wild card team wild card spot i mean i, I think that man nolan Pratt, patrick you got to expect him to be better oh for sure and uh, I I'm, think, I'm a big fan of his he's going to be a stud this year and their power play is going to get a little boost because of james van reemsdyke on that top unit i mean they were 15th so right dead in the middle for uh power play last year i think you see that percentage nick up a little bit and also i mean their penalty kill last year was 29th in the league yeah it's gonna so get better that's uh, for sure that's It'll something that as your younger guys get better at penalty killing you're you're, you're only going to improve there so yeah. you gotta like uh like that and save percentage last year 22nd in the league so really at 90 904 save percentage overall yeah that's, that's pretty be poor <laughs> and if that improves even by three or four points this team takes a big step yeah a few more wins there uh the big question mark for me with this team though is what are you doing with wayne simmons because he is a free agent next season um he's obviously going to get a bit of a raise he put up 46 points last year 54 the year before and so he's definitely due for a raise from his 3.975 yeah i mean i think you got to give him somewhere in the five five million range is most likely what he would get but he's 30 years old and you just acquired James Van Riemsdyk, who can do the exact same thing. Yeah, and I think not James, as not as physical, right? But, but is 
better than Wayne Simmons in front of the net. Yeah, you're so, going to get better offensive output. So th- to me, they replaced him already. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think if there's anything to do, I think maybe you move Wayne Simmons at the deadline for either some draft picks or you try to acquire some depth on defense because, um, you know, again, you know, they've got some younger guys on defense. Maybe they don't take the next step. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming they probably will, and I'm hoping on it. But. Yeah, yeah. I think with, with Philadelphia, what you're going to see is – my guess is that they're going to go, what we could get back for Wayne Simmons at the deadline mm-hmm. is not going to compare with what we can do with Wayne Simmons in the playoffs. Right. And Wayne Simmons is a playoff guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the way he plays is just built for the playoffs. So I think you you want to have him around for the playoffs. And so, hey, if he's your rental, that's fine. I think you could also see them trade a second round pick for a defenseman. Uh, I don't think that this team is worried too much about uh, losing maybe even a first round pick if they could get somebody who could really make an impact on their team mate. I mean, there's a chance of Colorado is, is out of it that, uh, uh, Tro, who am I thinking of? Someone on their defense could get dealt. Why is my brain? Eric Johnson. Well, sure. Eric Johnson, but, uh, no, I'm thinking of, uh, Tro- Bodie. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think that Colorado is, they're a team that will be on the bubble, and there's a chance that even though he has one year left on his deal, that uh, Colorado could move. Tyson Berry is who I'm Tyson thinking Berry, of. Okay. Yes, sorry. Matt. That's a blah, brain fart. But yeah, he has one year left on his deal after this year. Colorado has said they're not feeling pressure to deal him, but if they got a first-round pick for him, my guess is that they might deal him if they were maybe kind of sitting outside the playoffs. Now that you got Samuel Girard in there. so Yeah, and... I mean, Philadelphia is not struggling for good prospects coming up through their system. Uh, this last year, I mean, they had two first-round picks at 14 and 19. And so I think that they have some wiggle room to be able to deal some of their prospects. And that's, frankly, what you have to do if you want to win. you got to bring yeah. in some depth at the deadline. So I think they will be a buying team at the deadline. Yeah. And let's face it, too. I mean, I still think they got plenty of hockey left in them. But Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, you know, they're getting a little older. So this is the time when you start pushing to bring in guys so you can win with them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. I was looking at uh, at uh, TSN released their top 50 players. Okay. Claude Giroux went from, uh, in what, what was this, 2010, he was not on the top 50 list. Mm-hmm. 2011, he's 25. 2012, he went up to number three. Ooh. Then he went to 10, 11, 18, 31. Then last year, he wasn't on the list. And now this year he's 18. Okay. So, I mean, are we seeing a steady, you know, may, does he does well, he somehow get better now playing the wing? Boy, I mean, it's like he's playing a, a whole better. new uh <laughs> yeah, right. A whole new whole new position and he's able to not have to focus on the defensive side nearly as much. But Couturier out for the next 4 weeks. So yeah. that probably throws think, a little bit of a wrench into their plans early on. Yeah, I think they'll be okay. Nolan Patrick, even if you got to make him step up, is fine. Jordan Wheel, who I know filled in a little bit at the end of the season there, um, I like his game, and I think he would be fine just on short burst going in on that top line with them. Because I think... Like, yeah, they averaged 13 minutes a game last year, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a That's true. a big step up to to have a guy play an extra five minutes man that's almost but hey, 50 percent. even if for a couple of weeks you throw claude Drew back at center big whoop so yeah that's true that's true but does that mean that philadelphia has a little bit slower of a start because couturier misses some time true that's very well a, could happen. that's always possible but okay well uh any any other thoughts you have on the cent on the uh, little metro division the central uh yeah no not really um i think Again, there's there's a lot of teams in here that, you know, are, you know, one good season from a player or bad season from going from, you know, middle to top to bottom. Just, sure. And that's kind of how the NHL is built at yeah, this point. Yeah, it is. Uh, does any of these teams, do you have a chance at tops in the league, Top. not just tops in their division? President's trophy. We're talking. President's trophy worthy. Um, honestly, I think... Because the, the division leader, the Washington Capitals of the Metro, yeah. was... Uh, four points behind the Knights, eight points behind the Lightning, and 12 points behind the Predators, the other division winners. Yeah, and the President Trophy winners. Right. Um, 
No, I don't think because I think what you're going to see is between Washington, Pittsburgh, Philly, Columbus, assuming that Panarin and Bobrovsky are there for a while anyways, um, there's going to be such a battle. And, and even Carolina and New Jersey to an extent. Like yeah, those teams aren't going to be out of it for a while. They're fairly even where I think they're going to take points away from each other, um, whether it's just you know ties, overtime losses, shootouts, whatever, um, to where it kind of takes them a peg below the other teams where I think, for instance, you know Tampa, Boston, Toronto, Florida are in a division where they've got a lot of very bad teams below them that are they're going to steal points from. Yeah, so. yeah. Is there a team that you'll be rooting for in this division? Because I mean, really, this is a yeah free for all division for us. Okay. Uh, yeah. um, honestly, I I think Carolina, just because they've been a bubble team for so long, where people are thinking, okay, they're going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. they've got such a great defense core, and I. I mean, I hate to say it, but I would love to see Scott Darling get back to form and or Mrazek steal that job. Sure, always sure. fun to watch. So they, they do have some uh, stories of, about of people that you hope bounce back. Yeah. Uh, I just honestly, that that team just they worry me. They were they're going to be better. They're going to yeah. be better. I mean, I I could even see a ten point improvement from that okay. team. If you're if you're rooting for anybody, who you got? If I'm rooting for a team in this division, I guess it's got to be the Columbus Blue Jackets. Okay, I. For whatever reason, this division is I generally in the playoffs in the past, I've I've rooted for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. I've always liked Sidney Crosby as being a Canadian first and then yeah. now an American, but you know, growing up <laughs> a Canadian cheering for Crosby sure. and uh, I connect with the Penguins in that way. My dad loves the Penguins. Is I'd say that they're the Leafs are our team, and then the second his second team is the Penguins. So I've jumped okay. on that. Yeah, it used to oh. drive me nuts when we played street hockey, and you show up in your Crosby jersey. Yes, can, I do have your a Canada Crosby. I do jersey. have a Canada Crosby uh, jersey. Um, I have a Lemieux Penguins jersey. Do you? I, like I have that. the old one with like the cartoon looking oh, yeah. penguin on the front. Uh, but yeah, I guess the Blue Jackets because. I, I want them to do well, and I really want like I would love for them to be in first place near the deadline and force them to have to do something gutsy because I don't think this is a franchise that's ever had to do anything gutsy before. They traded Rick Nash, the, you know that that was really the the one thing that they they had the opportunity to do something and they you know weren't able to build around him, and so I think they're finally in a position to where this team could legitimately win the cup. Do they go for it? And and that to me is the biggest story in this division. If if Pittsburgh, you know, maybe Pittsburgh makes that jumps back and mm-hmm. I mean shoot, Pittsburgh beats Washington last year. Maybe they win the cup too. You know, you, you don't know. So uh, I I'm probably the least interested in this division to be honest. Okay. Out of the other the other three, I mean, obviously as a, a Leafs fan, I'm going to be watching yeah. <laughs> that division yeah. a little more. <laughs> uh, and the Central is just so loaded that it's so fun to watch any game any team in the central they're all they're all good teams and then the pacific i i think i've said it before i watch a lot of pacific division games because they're on later and so you know i'm if there's one on later and there's five games being played in the east and then you've got the one game in anaheim well i watch the anaheim game because the only thing on yeah, well, so, let's let's face it. San Jose just got more interesting to watch now, and yes, they did. Vegas never, yes, never disappoints. Yes, they did. So we'll we'll uh, have a lot of fun. I think our next show is a fantasy hockey show. Yep, we're gonna kind of run down some of that. Uh, so stay tuned for our fantasy hockey show, and uh, we will. Also, don't forget, we have our Fantasy Hockey League that you can join, and you can be a part of all the festivities. Just search Overtime Hockey Talk on Yahoo Fantasy Sports, or just hit us up on Twitter, at OT Hockey Talk. We'll get you in there. We hope you guys have a great weekend, and we will see you guys next week.